So I got to say, I'm like super pumped for this. <laughs> for your tracks? <laughs> yes. If this takes like 60% of the episode, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I really we're go- am. We're going in deep. Welcome, everyone, to The Midnight Connection, the podcast where two dads talk about anything they want at the only time they can. We aim for midnight, we land on whatever we land on, and today I am joined by my co-host, Chris. Chris, how you doing? Doing great. You know, having a 1 a.m., well, it's actually not coffee this time. Normally, it is coffee. I just finished my coffee, so what are you drinking if it's not coffee? It's kind of like a, it's a tea, It's, it's not a super sweet tea, a little bit of a sweet tea. Okay. So the, the plan is to drink that, get more thirsty, and then drink water. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. That That is supremely adulting at this hour, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I just finished my second cup of coffee. I considered it. I considered yeah. it. Yeah. Well, we want to thank you guys for joining us for episode two. We uh, released... Uh, today, actually, as of this record. Uh, The response has been great. We appreciate you guys. Please remember to share, like, and follow everything because that helps us out as we grow. And um, we're excited to tackle the second episode. And I thought, Chris, that we could start with a connection question. Let's do it. So the connection question is, what is something that caught your interest in the news cycle recently? Okay. You want me to go first? Sure. Are you ready? I am. I've, I've prepared. Brother, it's Starfield. Oh, God. How, <laughs> I mean, how, how much are you tracking this bad boy? Um. So once I found out that it is an Xbox exclusive, uh-huh. I completely stopped. You tuned out again? <laughs> because I don't have that, and I'm not going to play it. It's it's crazy right now. All right, what's happening? And, and Tell it's me. So, Okay, and, and it's crazy because I think, I haven't looked as of this recording, but I think early, I think the reviews that went out, like like the you know the outlets and influencers, whoever that got the early copies for review, I think yeah. their embargo lifts today. Like the, oh. Like the day, you know, the morning that we're recording. The morning that yeah. we're recording. So I, th- I think they're going to show up today. Because wow. the, uh, you have, um, if you buy, you know, like the deluxe version or you upgrade to it or whatever it is, you get a five days, five day heads, early access before mm. release. And I think release is the 6th of September. So the first so today the would first. be the when you start that. And then, re- yeah. So I think reviews will go out today. All right. Oh man. It's crazy, dude. There's, there's a whole like war going on right now. <laughs> But <laughs> because you have you have the reviewers that got it that can't say anything about it, mm-hmm. right? But they're they're like dying to say something because you'll you see them sort of make really vague references or whatever to to what they're thinking about the game. But then there was also this small group subset of people that got their hands on it early because some Yahoo went out and stole a bunch of them. And nice. then sold them. Yeah. So so the like people are leaking stuff. The story stuff is leaking. People are talking about different experiences of it. And so every it's almost like every day there's a new thing. Wow. 
So the, the latest thing is, so some people were under the impression that you could land on a planet and just mm. walk, explore the whole thing. Yes. And then well, it was weird. That's, that's the cell point, right? That like well, everything is generated, everything is travel, you can travel everything, you can land like a no man's sky. Kind of. That was my impression too, right? But then it was kind of weird when they said there were no vehicles. And I was like, okay, well, how are you going to go across a planet on foot? But I was oh, like, whatever. God. I didn't really care about it. But now, apparently, people are saying that there's footage and evidence of what essentially happens is you land somewhere, and that is a, a defined like tile, quote unquote, of space on the planet. And you can't go beyond that border. What? So you land, explore the tile, and then you can leave and go to another tile. And some people thought you could essentially tile your way through the planet. Sure, like open and world now, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But then other people are now saying, well, it's not necessarily true. If you were to, you can only do so many tiles. And then if you pass that, it starts like regenerating some of them. So you essentially can't, it's a whole thing. Wow. And it, the people are fighting about, <laughs> about what may or may not be true about a game that hasn't even come out yet. And it's only been played by a select few people. That's it's hilarious. It, dude, it's crazy. I mean, yeah. I was just looking it up right now and I saw an article for Eurogamer that oh, said yeah, that's that, another yeah. <laughs> Oh man. It said that they haven't received like their code in order that's to right. review the game. That's right. That was today that was today's thing. I, I barely I, we were so also busy with, you know, posting and, and stuff like that for the launch. Yeah. That I didn't dig into that one. But yeah, that was today's crazy. That's insane. Apparently the update is that an hour after the publication uh put up the post. They got the code from Bethesda. <laughs> yeah, but it was so. So the 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 story there is that Bethesda was essentially blocking the uh, these outlets that typically that have had a negative view of Bethesda games in the past. Ah, yes. So they held back the codes. So they're they're giving them to them today or yesterday, I guess, when when everyone else's reviews are about to go out. <laughs> so they're Jeez. like, they did. And all those review, all those review codes went out to you know like Xbox positive people and outlets and all this kind of stuff. So there's that whole thing. Oh, every, Todd every day, Howard. every day it's a new thing. Yeah, if the reviews come out, then that then that's going to be the story. What was the last Bethesda game that came out? Was it seventy six? Seventy six. I think so. So I bought seventy six. Day it came out. Because How did I, you feel? I enjoy the Fallout series. I knew the gimmick. I knew that it was like open world servers, you know, that everyone could affect anything. And the whole thing was like, there's no NPCs. And so I played it mm -hmm. and it got boring really quickly for me. Um, as much as I love Fallout, it just seemed like they took the mechanics from Fallout 4, put it in a new world, and just went. Mm -hmm. You know, there there wasn't the thing for Fallout for me is always like the cool stories. Yeah. The people that you meet, you know, the mutated people, all the you know, the political part of it, like that whole thing. And there was nothing. It's just like PUBG, you know what I mean? Like people <laughs> people going around and just I destroying never played 76, so it, just people going around destroying people's bases. So I completely dropped it. And then they did like a huge overhaul. And now I believe they give uh, they released the game for free, 
But in the huge overhaul, now there are NPCs, now there are communities and all this stuff, because they realized you can't, how can you put a game out with like no environment, mm-hmm. right? And I think after that, even though they didn't make it, wasn't there like the vampire game? The for Red? Xbox? Yeah, Redfall. Redfall? Yeah. Which also got completely shit on. It, yeah, it did. <laughs> it for very <laughs> similar reasons. Completely uninhabited worlds, like bare bones mechanics, like last gen mechanics. And it was trashed by everyone. Actually, yeah, I think um, I think that was also from Bethesda. Yeah. I know they at least published it because they bought um, right. Arcane, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I have no, I have no faith. Yeah, it's <laughs> a lot Todd of people Howard. are nervous. But but supposedly Todd didn't have his. It wasn't really part of the creative process of those two, if I'm not mistaken. I think he announced seventy six, but I don't think he was actually part of it. So, ah. but this one. This one, a, he's definitely been it's his the game. face off. <laughs> yeah. He's been a net, talking about this shit for years. I mean, I, th- I think it'll be, it'll be good. I think it'll be great, actually. That, that's my sus- suspicion. I think it'll be great. I don't know. I don't know that it's going to be what Xbox really needs. Yeah. To, to like really turn the tide. Like no one's well, going to we'll go and buy an Xbox to play Starfield. Well, some people did apparently. What? Why? Save your money, guys. <laughs> Especially Sorry. with it coming after, like, dude, this year has just been crazy. Yeah, right. It can't. It comes right after Baldur's Gate. Comes right after Armored Core. Comes literally days after Sea of Stars. All of which were like eighty-five plus mm-hmm. at minimum. I mean, yep, absolutely. And then Final and then Fantasy sixteen. Else, yeah, sixteen comes out. Spider Man's about to come out. Yep. October has a crazy freaking release schedule. Hogwarts was this year. Tears <laughs> of the Kingdom. So many, so many freaking games this year. But it's crazy. Bef- before I go into my news item, I do have to ask, because last episode, I believe you said, and I kind of quote, I don't think I'll be playing Armored Core 6. Oh, I'm playing Armored Core 6. Yeah, you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How is it? it? You know what makes it really work well for me is it's is mission based. Yeah. Right. So you're either doing a quick mission, or you can jump into an arena and kind of increase your like mercenary rank. Right. So it's easy for me to just play a little bit and then stop, mm. which 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 is great for me. Or I can jump in and kind of let it sit there while I tool around and change my build or buy parts or whatever. Um, but I'm not committed to like long stretches of game time. But it's awesome. I love it. And you're playing on PC, right? Yeah, I'm playing on Steam Deck. Steam Deck. Nice. Yeah. Should I it's buy great. it? It's great. It's fat. Is Steam Deck? Should I? No. I'm not going to get No. <laughs> yes. Stop trying to convince me to get a Steam Deck. I refuse. <laughs> My wife will not allow me to do that safely. It's um, better than the Switch. Yeah, but I, see, that's the thing for me. I don't need something better than the Switch because I have a PlayStation Five. Mm. You I know mean, what I, I mean? I, I get it, but you can't. You can't. You're not going to lug that thing around with you. If if I get that uh, PlayStation Portal, <laughs> maybe may, you could. And maybe and get I really could. Good Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> have my phone be a hotspot <laughs> and just carry my, oh my PlayStation gosh. in my backpack. 
They're, no, so, so Sony will sell you an Xperia phone that has super fast Wi-Fi hotspot, which was perfectly suited for a PlayStation go. portal. That's how they'll do it. I could I could imagine that. I mean, Sony makes cell phones too, right? Yeah. There you go. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's their key. No, but it's awesome. So I, I skipped a bunch of armored cores, so I don't really know if if they had improved uh, the fighting overall, but it's it's faster. And it seems, I don't know if it, there was like weapon-based defenses and stuff like that, but there is now, you know, like nice. a, a bad guy could throw up a certain type of shield or you'll see the color indicator on what kind of defense they have. So you have to, you got to come equipped or it's, you're just making it really hard for yourself. That's but, dope. Yeah. I've seen a little bit of gameplay on Twitch. Um, it looks fun. Like, I don't know how else to describe it. It's <laughs> Until it's I get my like, hands uh, on it, I won't be able to know. I mean, I think you could essentially, or if you go and look, you can land on a build that will pretty much beat anything. Yeah. But, you know, if you if you don't do that and you take the time to just kind of see what you like to do and try to figure the game out, it, there's a lot to it. So you can change all the parts, You can, which affects like all these different stats on how your your core works. Is it super like number crunchy that way? I mean, if you... If you really wanted to do it that way, you could. Like there's there's lots of different stats for each individual part, mm. but they also color code it, which makes it so if you don't want to really dig into the detail of the number, you just look for the color. Like nice. oh, is this? It's a, there's a lot of blue there. It looks like it's pretty good, <laughs> you know. That's <laughs> or cool. If, if you're looking for a specific thing, like you know, I really need a little more boost, or I need some more armor, or I need more speed, then it, you can just focus on those. I I got past the first. You know, they call them filter bosses in FromSoft games. Mm. So the uh, the boss at the end of chapter one was getting a lot of a lot of people hung up. Of course, I mean that that is FromSoft's job, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, to teach you a lesson from the very first boss, pretty much. But I got past it. It took me less than ten tries. Nice, I think. But. Um, it took a few, and I was, I was like, oh, my gosh, how the hell am I supposed to beat this? And then you, you figure out that rhythm. You're like, okay, all right, I'm figuring it out, like the timing of the attacks and stuff like that and the best way for you to counter. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, I know I can do it. Now I just have to execute. And when you hit that point in a From game, then it then it's like you kind of turn the, the, the tide on it. Yeah, you start you start yeah. feeling like you're winning something. Yeah, it's like it's like I can do this. I just have to pull it off. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> I figured out how, and, and I will try my best. It, it's when you can't figure out the how, where you're just you just like throw your hands up. You're like, I don't know what the hell. Yeah. You know? Nice. Well, yeah. maybe I'll check it out and let you know next week. I'm like, hey, yeah, I've put forty hours into the <laughs> score in the matter of five days. Right. Well, my piece of news was. The retirement announcement for the dude who does the voice for Mario, Charles Marnet, I believe. Marnet. 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 I probably mispronounce it. But he retired as the voice of Mario after 30 years. You know, the first time Mario had a voice at all was in Super Mario 64. And he's pretty much done every single game that Mario has been a part of. And I think he also does like, I think he's also the voice of Luigi and Wario. Okay. Um, really? Did, yeah. Did you hear about all that? I, I saw the headline, but I didn't really read into it. So I read into it, 
right? And it's just, it's a little weird that this announcement came out. So basically, like, Nintendo posted a picture announcing it, saying that he's retiring um, and he's going to become, like, a Nintendo brand ambassador, still making people happy as, you know, pushing Nintendo stuff. The weird thing is that in the announcement, they say that uh, Miyamoto, the president of Nintendo, is like going to make a video later, but it wasn't released. And it was just like a weird press statement. So people are like wondering what the hell is going on. Really? Yeah, because like the voice actor is at an age where like he could have a medical complication, Mm -hmm. right? Or something, maybe bad blood happened. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Because here's a couple things. He was not the voice of Mario in the, the movie. movie. Right. Right? You would think, but I mean, he's an older dude, so maybe. He was the voice of Mario's father in the movie. Okay. So he was there. He was there, but he wasn't. And so they've also announced this new um, Mario game coming up. I forgot which one it is, but it's like uh, the new side-scroller. Yeah, yeah. And... You know, they about that one (laughs) that's coming too. They they announced that like a couple months ago, and now they announced that the dude who does the voice has already completed all his work and he is actually not the voice of Mario in this upcoming game. Did they say who is? No, but Hmm. it's weird because I feel like if they had announced the retirement and then released the footage of Mario going, you know, like, wahoo, and like Mm -hmm. all that junk, people would have been like, it's not the guy. (laughs) You know Uh what I mean? Yeah. But no one's complained. So now they fire him. Because they don't need him anymore. Because they don't need him anymore. It's just Nintendo being shady. Hmm. I know. That's my my conspiracy theorist take on the firing. Did he get... But hurt? Do you think something happened? I don't know. I mean, who's to say? Maybe, maybe the dude is just like, you know what, guys, I'm over it. <laughs> I just want to coast. So they make... didn't do like an honoring for him or anything. It was literally just a post. Ah, uh, yeah, that's bad blood. <laughs> it <laughs> so... was literally just a post saying that there will be a video released, but it's been a week and they haven't released anything. Bad blood. Bad blood. Something happened. It said, "F that guy." Yep. And he said, okay, but still pay. <laughs> See, but it can't be too much bad blood because he's still going to be a Nintendo ambassador. Is he, though? I mean, that's what they say in the statement. Either way, he's getting paid by Nintendo. That's like the Japanese, um, you know, the way of firing without really firing. They just they give you the job that doesn't do anything. They're like, well, we're going to pay you to sit here. Yeah, pretty much. Forever. Forever. Well, funny enough that both of our news items were video game related because I thought that for this episode, we could do a segment that combines two things that we like. Love this. So last time we talked a lot about music, which was dope. We learned a lot about some new stuff. And I thought that maybe we could go over some overworld themes of video games. So for those of you listening out there that might not be gamers, stay tuned. 
because you don't have to be a gamer in order to appreciate amazing music. And knowing Chris, he's going to be picking some bangers, and you know that I am too. Now, these are songs that are made for the games original. originally. No needle drops, no boss or fight themes. Um, Chris and I don't know what each other has picked. We're going to be listening to it for the first time. Um, originally, we were only going to pick three, and then we got super excited. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're going to see how long we go. Uh, any thoughts on overworld themes before we start showcasing some tracks? Chris? So, what do you can you define overworld theme? So, to me, overworld theme just means like background music uh, as you're playing the game. That's not necessarily meant to enhance like boss battles. Okay. Yeah, okay. you know, so it can be it can be very loose. Cool. But I think when we think of boss and fight themes, right. or uh, I was talking to my cousin and he mentioned um, title screen music. Okay. Like, that's mm. very specific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? So, not, none of that. But if In you're cruising game, around. Actual game music. Okay. Yes, actual yeah. game music. I think, okay, cool. I think I, I, think I got all that. Because I know that my approach for this was a little bit of nostalgia a little bit of like technique. I don't know. Some things mm. just popped out. And then I did a little bit of research and I was like, oh my God, how did I not remember <laughs> yeah. about a bunch of these tracks? Oh, I'm excited. I, I want to see what you picked. All right. Well, let's uh, let's start. And these are not in any order, right? No. It's not an order of importance thing, but we'll see. So tell me about your first track that you want to show us, Chris. Should I tell you or just hit it? Oh, snap. Just hit it. <laughs> Watch me not know what it is. Oh, you'll know. Okay. I- I'm wondering if you picked it. Also, if if I did, if we did pick the same one, like, we're scrapping this whole fucking segment. <laughs> <laughs> of all the games we could have picked, there's some obvious ones that yeah. I chose not to pick. And I so. did the same. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. All right. Number one. You son of a bitch. <laughs> You shouldn't let him go first. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. So for those of you that don't know your video game franchises, this is from The Legend of Zelda. The original Legend of Zelda. What is this official track called? Uh, so th- apparently it's either called <laughs> The Legend of Zelda theme or Overworld theme. Wow. Yep. Uh, created by Koji Kondo, released on the NES in the U.S. of August of '87. Wow, '87. Yeah, and then again for the Game Boy Advance in June of 2004. And this is the original one, right? Because this, this sounds eight-bit as hell. Oh hell yeah! I should love I just, this. I stop? I let, let this roll. You know what I, I love about no Zelda themes? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm sure it'll stop itself soon. But you know what I love about Zelda themes is that, like, it's a march, but there's a lot of arpeggios. Hmm. Right? There's a lot of, like, climbing notes. I heard once that the reason that a lot of old school video game music does that is because the chipset couldn't handle multiple voices at the same time. So instead of playing a chord, they would actually arpeggiate the chord to still give you the feel. Oh. 
Interesting. Yeah. Can you imagine trying to compose a song with such a limited tool set? You know, I mean, I feel like that's if you're the right kind of composer, it's like the best challenge that you can possibly do. Wow. All right. So, so is that overlap already? So why did why did you pick that? It's just, that tune is just okay. So I was born in eighty. Yeah. Right. So this is. I mean, I, I had I had a system. Bef- I had the an Intellivision, which is before NES. Um, but that is one of the games where it's just like this is a tune that's gonna stick with you for the rest of your life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and it's funny because e- like that is Zelda. Like those games are Zelda to me. Yes. So I actually have a hard time playing the newer Zeldas. I can understand. Like, that. like I don't, I don't actually like them. Like the three D Zeldas. Yeah. So that that's that old school stuff is what I think of when I think of Zelda, and that tune is forever going to be Zelda to me. Amazing choice. So play my number one real quick, just so we can hear, it, even if it's for thirty seconds. <laughs> 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 you got like the souped up version. So this is from A Link to the Past, which was the era of Zelda that I first started playing. This is Hyrule Field main theme, 1991 for the Super Nintendo. Dude, I love how it's like a freaking marching band up in here. Exactly, right? <laughs> All right, so you can cut it there. I mean, I picked it for the exact same reason that you did. Damn. That's great. It's literally just, it's literally the same song, <laughs> and two different and two different generations. But the, yeah, but see, but then but there's meaning there, you know. Yeah. God damn it! I should have picked a different one. <laughs> am I gonna am I gonna have to go into my alts? So quickly? I'm gonna I'm gonna be mad if you pick my second one. Oh man! All right. Well, I won't be mad because I think you'd like it. But whatever. <laughs> you Maybe, know what? We, do you want to go? Your you know what first? we should do? That's what I was going to say. We yeah. should. We should snake it. We'll snake it. Yeah. Yes. We'll okay. All right. So let's play Ready? my number two. Here we go. Oh snap! Damn. So for those of you that don't know, this is the Storm Eagle level track from Mega Man X 1993 for the Super Nintendo. Composer Makoto Tomozawa. So when I first heard this song, Mega Man X is a very important Super Nintendo game for me. But this song in particular, there is something about like that tone that's like trying to be a guitar. Sorry, I told you. (laughs) Blew the volume on that one. How dare you? It's okay, I'll fix it in post. But there's something about the energy of that song where like it just comes out the gate. Oh, right? Yeah. And it's yeah. it's I don't know. It's like mimicking a guitar. I found that a lot of my songs have a lot of guitar in them. I I was floating around Mega Man a lot. Yeah. But chose not to pick one. Well, good. <laughs> if I had to choose a Mega Man, it would have been Airman. Nice. I can respect that. That's a classic. That is a classic. to me. Yeah. Good choice, though. Thanks. Mega Man's got a lot of rockers like that. Yeah. So what do you got for your number two? All right, here we go. Is this Castlevania? Yes, it is. Wow. I have never played a Castlevania game. Shut the fuck up. Are you serious? (laughs) We need to stop recording right now. (laughs) 
I have never played a Castlevania game, but I never? can rec- I can recognize the like mood. Dude, this, this one, man. Which one is this? All right, this is Castlevania Two: Simon's Quest. The song is called "Bloody Tears" by Kenichi Matsubara. Published by Konami to the U.S. Uh, on the NES in November of '88. Nice. Yeah, I, the the NES has such a sound. It does. It really does. I love that the kick is so like puffy. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to yeah. say it. It's like it's a very puff. Pu- yeah. <laughs> that does slay. That that right. Oh man. That. That's so vampire. It's so good. Yeah, totally. Nice. That's a great track. I haven't heard that one. No, I'll give you not, you know, some of the older Castlevanias, not so great. Yeah. Isn't Symphony of the Night supposed to be like the highlight? That is, yeah, if you were going to play one, that would be the one to play. I watched, uh, I don't, do you know Games Done Quick? I, I know it. I don't really watch it though. So I watch it every now and then because it seems like it's always happening in some form or another. Um, and I saw four people competitively speed run that game, like really? at, at the same time. Yeah, it was actually really, really cool to see. <laughs> That's crazy. It's such a cool event. Yeah, no, I really dig it. But yeah, that that's a great one. I, so this one, I think, and I could be wrong, but there there is a Castlevania that kind of has very light RPG qualities to it, mm. where you kind of you uh you obtain different weapons that you actually can like buy. So you, you go back to these little places where you can go into shops. I think it's this one. I always have a hard time figuring out which game it was, mm. but I think it was this one. Have you played all the Castlevanias? No, I don't think so. Nice. But uh, I definitely play the the classics. Hell yeah. All right. So that was your number two. That was number two. So we're snaking back around. Yes. I don't know if you'll know this one. I'd be pleasantly surprised. Let me see if I can guess it from context. I will say nothing. I have no idea. Uh But based off of sounds, it sounds like, uh, I don't know. It could be either late era Nintendo or early era Super Nintendo. Mm, I'm gonna go late era Nintendo. Okay. I like that. Yeah, yeah. All right, is this it, comes from a game. Oh, do you want to? I was about? just gonna say, is this from like some quirky Japanese RPG? Uh, so the game is called. Um, I think it's Crystalis. Is how you pronounce it. Interesting. Not Crystal. I don't know, but it's called Crystalis. That's what I'll call it. A lot of people said it was a Zelda clone, but it's actually. It's, it's it's very much its own game, but it has this, the similar kind of look to it, you know, that that top angle, top down view, and you're you know kind of jabbing out a sword and stuff like that. Yeah. But there was a lot more to it that it, it's like a cult favorite for people that know it. Um, the song is called Wild Fields by Yoko O. I don't know the full last name. Published by SNK for the NES in the U.S. in July of 1990. Wow. And then Game Boy Color. June of 2000. I dug that. I have no idea what this game is. I'm looking it up now and I've never seen it before in my life, but... We'll circle back to it later. Uh-oh. At the end of the, the, end of the show. Oh. Indeed. Okay. 
<laughs> so for my number two, it's interesting that a lot of yours, a lot of two, your tracks three. are coming, or three, yes. Uh, it's interesting that a lot of your tracks are coming from the Nintendo Entertainment System, because mm-hmm. a lot of mine come from the Super Nintendo Entertainment I mean, System. going back. Here we go. Number three. Play that number three. Just sit in it for a second. I wasn't going to say anything. Do you know where this is from? I don't recognize it yet. Okay, cool. 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 (laughs) If I was to ask you what kind of environment this, this makes you think of, what would you say? I... I'm getting a couple different things. I'm either getting an enchanted forest type of situation Mm. or space. Interesting. Let's see if this part helps out. Going space. (laughs) I don't know. This song is called Aquatic Ambience. Oh, okay. Uh, This is from Donkey Kong Country. 1994, published by Rare. Yes. Check Man, this is you a legit this? song. This is a vibe, man. I so, didn't play the Donkey Kong games. Oh, man. I only really played the first two Donkey Kong countries, but the composer is David Weiss. Um, and it's interesting because he got contracted to make the music, like a, a demo template of the music. And he actually did not expect the song to get used because they thought that Donkey Kong was too much of a high priority franchise. Mm-hmm. to let an American do the music. Wow. So he thought he was just making temp music and that they were going to replace it once it got back to Japan. But uh, you hear uh, this? this? this do you legit. hear this? This is yeah. a vibe, There's bro. so much drama in this. Oh, man. It's just All dripping right. with it. <laughs> so pause it real quick because I don't want I don't want to spend you too much on it. But something, uh, a fact that I did find out about this was that there's a quote, or I found some fact that said that this song took five weeks to compose. Okay. Five weeks? Five weeks to compose this song. The composer Wise considers it his favorite track and the game's biggest technological accomplishment in regards to audio because of like the chipset and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I put in another audio in there, labeled 3.5. Yes. But I'm actually going to send you the YouTube link because I think you should watch this. I mean, that would sound good on like a last gen console. <laughs> right? <laughs> so there's this uh, group that I've been listening to a lot because I'm like slowly introducing my daughter into video game music, but that's another conversation. Yeah. Um, and there's a big band called the 8 Bit Big Band. And they cover a bunch of music, right? Okay. Okay. So check this out. Let me know when you got it loaded up and we'll sync it up. That is a big band. Bro. And this is this is <laughs> their studio work. So they have a guest uh pianist. Smart game piano, as they are known. But listen to this version of it. So what this band does is they play like the video game music. I know. <laughs> <laughs> they play video game music, but 
reorchestrated. Dude, and, this and is like amazing. some of it is more jazzy, some of it is more moody. But like, oh, wait, wait for this. Hmm. Oh, I get this. Is that the that's the oboe, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> See, this is, I love orchestras playing video game music. I know. I really need to see this band when they tour. They're New York based, but. Uh. Oh, and it's the singer. But it's blended so well that it almost just sounds like a random instrument. instrument. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you get a hint of it. You're like, is that? Is someone singing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? All right, I'll stop it there, but you should definitely check that out, that full video. That is so cool. But that this particular song is like a core memory mm. of mine from this game. But yeah, that was my number I feel three. like I, I'd be in the middle of playing Donkey Kong and just put down the controller. No, that, like that's what you do. Yeah. That's what you do. Is like you're just like, okay, I'm just floating here. Yeah, I'm just gonna trying to catch these song. bananas. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. It's a nice one. It's a nice one. All right. So we'll go to my number four. Going to four. So I'll just let it play. Maybe you know it. Maybe you don't. All right. Let's hit it. It sounds very familiar. Mm. I can't place it, though. Amazing classical acoustic work. Wait for it to slap. Smooth as hell. This song is called Spira Unplugged from Final Fantasy X. Released uh, 2001 for the PS2, composer Nobu Uematsu. I love this. I didn't grow up with PlayStation. I just just never did. Um, But I had a girlfriend back in the day who loved Final Fantasies. And even though it was like, I think 2007 when we were dating, she replayed this game and I got to see it. And I wasn't too interested in the game, but I remember when this song started playing, I was like, damn. It got your attention. I was like, what is happening? Because it's just so beautifully composed. And that melody has stayed with me throughout the years. I'm actually replaying Final Fantasy X currently. And it, it just slays. It's like Renaissance, but then it gets kind of like, I don't know, Bossa Nova-ish? <laughs> this is uh, this was like The Last of Us before The Last of Us. Yes. No, <laughs> that that is a very... Classical guitar. Yeah. Yes. This is like the happy version of it before the... Yeah. <laughs> there's still hope in this one. Gustavo Santaolalla. Is yep. that his name? Yeah. But yeah, that's Spiro Unplugged. It's just such a nice tune. It's just chill. There's so many YouTube covers of just two people just going off. Just doing that. I love it. I tried playing it. I definitely can't. (laughs) Can't do it. (laughs) Can't do it. Yeah, that random classical part. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That's nice. Dude, I have gone down a hole. Because yeah. of because of the stuff we talked about last week. What stuff? <laughs> I just, like 
I, I will I I'll play um like Polyphia every once in a while. Oh really? Did you and, check out some of their other tracks? Yeah, I I made a whole. I just started grabbing like I made a whole playlist of like math, rock, and guitar virtual. That's awesome. People. So I'm just gonna let it play. But now I, I get Tim Henson videos like all over that's my so re- recommendations. Funny. <laughs> oh that's so cool i'm glad that you dig that it's a super cool little like subgenre. yeah it's real cool I, i'm definitely down hell yeah man i'll make my way through that list over time so what you got all right are you ready for my number four all right i will be very pleasantly surprised if you know this one we are a little hint here we are leaving the nes oh this. snap here we go I have no idea, but it sounds RPG-ish. It is. It's actually a strategy. It's like a tactical RPG game. I have no idea. What is it? So this one comes from a game called Shining Force 2. Do you know it? I do not. Okay. Uh, the song is called Wandering Warriors by Motoaki Takenouchi, published by Sega for the Genesis in in the U.S. on October of 94. The Shining Force 2, it's a tactical RPG game, one of my dearly beloved games from, from the past. And I like fans of Shining Force have wanted a, another one for a while. I think they gave us other versions up to... I think it goes with the Shining Force 4, but they've just never really captured that. Yeah. But I, if I'm not mistaken, Shining Force was probably the first time I really fell in love with tactics games. And the reason why I like games like XCOM now. Oh, and, okay. It's that kinds of I yeah. do love me some XCOM. Um, the, the cool thing was, so back then, you know, you... you you, your units attack each other, but the cool thing was they would all have their own little animation. Mm. That was, not, you know, I mean, it's old school, so it's not like it was crazy or anything. But it was cool to see them do that. You get the occasional critical hit and stuff, and it was just trying to survive the levels without, <laughs> without losing your people, <laughs> you know? Yeah. All that was there. Uh, but it was such a good game. And uh, so that, it was the birth of my love for those tactical type games and then you said it was for the genesis for the genesis wow you were a sega kid huh i had it i didn't stick around sega for too long yeah i had the genesis as well but also did not stick around too long well i, I even well actually i had the master system too well oh oh yeah okay oh yeah mr fancy pants over here <laughs> i don't know if i'd call the master system fancy <laughs> Maybe not the word I would use. That's funny. Uh, yeah, Shining Force 2. And I think you could probably play that. I wouldn't be surprised if it's available on like mobile or something. And last one. Dun, dun, dun. Interestingly, no, we are going back. To oh, the wow. Yes, yes. I, I kind of cheated on this one a little bit. How so? It's actually called the Underworld theme. <laughs> God damn it, dude. It's too late. 
<laughs> Do you know this one? Sounds familiar. I didn't really play uh, much NES. NES. I don't know. What is this? This is from Kid Icarus. Oh, snap. Do you, are you familiar with the game? I am familiar with the character, thanks to Smash. Yeah. Actually, I, uh, I don't know if this song makes his other games. They, I think they bring over one of his other theme songs. Gotcha. In Smash. But um, the interesting, if you go exploring the Kid Icarus soundtrack, this is uh, published in, published for the NES in 80, July of 87 in the U.S. And then again on the 3DS, April of 2012, wow. much later. Um, if you go back and listen to the soundtrack, there's a lot of, <laughs> there's a couple of things in there where like when you die and when there's, um, sh- shoot, I'm forgetting. Uh, there's, there's like a, a, a bad figure that comes around. I'm totally blanking on what it's called, but you get this really like creepy discordant type music. Nice. And I used like, I love playing this game, but I also hated it because any, the, anytime those songs would come around, I'd always be like, <laughs> like I feel uneasy. Yeah. It's like, Oh, I just feel really weird right now. <laughs> uh, but it's a good game. It's a hard game. I'm kidding. Nice. But, uh, Yes, that's the Underworld theme by Hirokazu Tanaka. My this last is track is going to be very different. Um, <laughs> I like how yours are more modernized than mine. <laughs> this, this last one is probably the most modern of all of them. Okay. It has a little bit of an intro, but we'll see. We'll see. If I hear The Last of Us, I'm going to It is not. Ending this. Okay. It is not. It is, I wouldn't do that to you on the last one. Here we go. What's happening? Oh, you weren't kidding. Mm hmm. Cyberpunk. <laughs> nope. Something for your subs back at home. Heck yeah. Oh, it, I just thought of another one. Oh, boy. Okay. It feels tense. It feels tense. It does. Wherever will it go? It's going to turn really bright and happy, isn't it? Yep, you're exactly right. Mm. I do not know this. Mm-mm, I love this soundtrack so much. Oh, here, here comes the, the drop. <laughs> Open up this pit. <laughs> I mean, if I had to pick a game, it would be Doom. (laughs) And you would be absolutely correct. (laughs) Oh, that's synth, dude. So this song is called BFG Division. Well, of course it is. From Doom, the remake that that came out uh, 2016. It's a multi-platform game, but the composer is Mick Gordon. Dude, this entire... OST is like it's its own album like every track I saw like a making of documentary a long time ago um, and it's interesting because everything like he's playing like eight stringed 
guitars. Nice. And like super drop tunings and like really dirty synthesizers and stuff like that. And he goes into his mentality and talks about how like he wanted to make a really tight sounding mix. And a lot of people are like, oh, you know, after you record the song, you mix it, right? And you make it sound good. Mm -hmm. But for him, the tightness comes in the composition. So mm -hmm. he's purposefully, he talked about how um, the guitar riff, he feels the most important thing in any song is the snare, especially in a heavy rock song. Yeah. So what he did is like the riff is like a, you know, some chugging and it stops for a beat. And when it stops is when the snare hits. And so that feeling allows it to, the mix to be super tight. And he actually also chose the key of the song, which I think he said was F, um, because humans hear the notes F, F sharp, and G the best in terms of low frequency mm. without it getting wobbly. So if he had written the song in like a super lower tuning, mm -hmm. we wouldn't have heard it as tight. It would sound wobbly. Interesting. Dang. Yeah. So it's a, there's this whole like theory behind it. But right. When you're playing Doom, like that's not like a boss battle. That's just like, <laughs> it's like you're just it's you getting your guns. <laughs> you're just tearing shit up. You know what I mean? The the motto for Doom is rip and tear. That's you going down the elevator. <laughs> yeah. It, it literally that's the elevator music. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I I dig it. When I first picked all my songs, they were all guitar based. And I okay. was like, what's happening here? <laughs> you're in a you're in a vibe. I was in a vibe. It was in a vibe. Yeah, so those are those are our five tracks. That was a pretty diverse set of tracks. It was. There's a lot of, like, I wanted to pick, well, I was thinking of picking mod, more modern things, but then I thought, I don't know, like, the, they just don't stick around as much as those older ones. Yeah. You know? I mean, they do. They're great. They're great songs. But there's something about, achieving that kind of stickiness and being that evocative with with so little back then. It's interesting that a lot of yours are older songs because I feel like with the Super Nin or with the Nintendo Entertainment System music was that much more important because you had less, right? Mm -hmm. Like literally all you had were like these little bleeps and bloops for sound effects. Yeah. And the music that defined the tone of the game, the like just general vibe of everything going on. And when you think about what sticks out, it's what you hear. That's true. You know, now there are like explosions, so many sound effects, all this crazy junk that sometimes that can get lost, right? And it becomes more about ambience than it does necessarily like a beautiful score. Yeah. And a lot of people these days don't even listen to the music, you know? Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. It's kind of sad. There are a couple modern bangers, though. I will mm. say. I mean, I'm never. I'm not going to go listen to like a Kojima. You know what is it? Snake Eater, the yeah. track. The track that he produced. Yeah. But uh, but there is there is some stuff out there. Let's pivot, pivot over to some family segment. So I thought, like, obviously video games are our passion. Music are our passions. Um, do you, do your kids enjoy your passions? 
Because you have do. older kids. So they actually yeah. have personalities and individuality. My daughter is one, so she doesn't really have a choice. <laughs> she enjoys what I tell her. That's right. <laughs> no, they do, uh, which has been really fun. Um, they enjoy games uh, very much. So I mentioned that uh, we were going to circle back to Crystalis or whatever, however you pronounce that, because yeah. we, uh, what was it? We had picked up the subscription for the Switch. So oh, that, for the, the the virtual library? Yeah, so so that Francis could play something, one of those old games. Yeah. But since we had it, I was like, oh, you know what? This is a good chance to let the kids experience the older games, right? And so we, uh, I fire, I would just start the, uh, you know, like the NES catalog or whatever, and they would just go in there and start picking random games and just te- testing things out. So they would play Kirby, Excite Bike, and and all this other stuff. And then uh, I I landed on on a Crystallis. Crystalis. Damn it. I already figured out how to say it. <laughs> Just pick one. Oh, yeah. I'll follow. <laughs> I'll, I will believe you. And she, I didn't know she picked it, but I heard the music. Oh, that's right? hilarious. And that's awesome. So like it starts playing and I'm like, I, 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 I couldn't, I couldn't remember the name, but I recognized it immediately. And I was like, what are you playing? And she couldn't, she, she couldn't tell me what it was either. So I, I went over and sat down. I was like, oh my God. I love this freaking game and I forgot all about it. So I was, she didn't know what to do, you know, cause it's her first time. And I was like, Oh yeah, let me show you. So I started playing the game you know? and I'm like, I should just, I'm just going like, uh, to beat play. it in front of you. Yeah, I'm just going to play this I'm for just, a while. Yeah. You want to know what, how this ends, right? Yeah. Let me, let me show you where it goes. That's awesome. But it was really cool. Cause every once in a while, she'll still jump back in there to play it. She, she kind of got stuck cause she, she couldn't figure out how to get past this one section and I didn't have the time to help her through it. So um, she hasn't gone back to it, but the kids definitely enjoy games, whether it's games like that on the switch, they'll even play PS five games with me or, you know, with each other. Uh, And it's awesome. It's really, really cool. Just, just to watch them. I think one of the coolest moments was when seeing them, like actually play something yeah. by themselves, you know, like legitimately getting it. Yeah. Like, I, like I'm not touching anything. I'm not telling them anything. Their hands are big enough for the control. Now your tongue is bleeding from biting yeah. it so hard. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, Oh my, this is just the coolest thing, you know? Wow. So yeah. So they, they do. And I, I love that a lot. Um, and they're not crazy. Like, you know, they, they they'll play for as long as we let them, basically. But they're also happy to just jump off and do other stuff too. That's awesome. I can only imagine the look on my face if Thea starts playing video games and like <laughs> gets it. You know, it's so, it's so cool when they do. They start doing more com- complex things, and, yeah. and like when Io or Benji will they come back and they're like, "Oh, I got past." You know, I'm like at this stage, or I got past. It. I'm like, man. Such a great moment. <laughs> Can't wait till my daughter learns how to rocket jump. It's so cool. <laughs> so That's cool. cool, man. Yeah, I mean, Thea obviously is not playing video games, but I will say I think she enjoys 
the music that we put on. So there's like, did you listen to a lot of like baby music when your kids were young? Um, like songs. Yeah, you know, like yeah, yeah. Bingo and Wheels on the Bus. Uh, you know the the hits. We did. For, well, yeah, we did. But we also listened to newer stuff. Yeah. Right, and then uh, <laughs> Benji discovered these uh, these guys called um, truck tunes because he loves construction vehicles. Okay. And so he landed on these songs that these guys sing about construction vehicles. That's and I'll kind tell you, of amazing. Dude, I'll tell you, these songs have no right being as good as they are. Because <laughs> they're, they're like... You know they're all they're they're sing, they're singing these songs all totally like tongue in cheek, right? Yeah. But then you listen to it and you're like, you know what? They're this kind of slaps. Yeah, they're they're putting some effort into these songs. Like the, they're funny, and uh, they're totally like singing things jokingly. But then you're like, yeah, you know, <laughs> you're not wrong. Yeah, it, it's one of the you know it, it's one of those things where they. They were sensible enough to to give the parents something to appreciate also. You know what I mean? That's that's honestly the best kind of kid content. They are the best, yeah. Is the is the content that gives me something. Exactly. <laughs> Don't force me to listen to your jam and not enjoy it. That's interesting. Yeah, I just so found we... I just found a truck tune. <laughs> yeah, there's a bunch. That, that it looks like there is a literal bunch. Yeah. Yeah, when uh, I tried to expose Thea to as much different stuff as possible, she likes the heavy shit. Like, it's it's interesting. The other day, I, I used to be a lot more conscious about, like, cursing in songs and stuff like that. Not mm-hmm. that, obviously, she knows anything. Right. But just, like, for my own, like, feeling... But then, like, Kendrick came on, and I lie to you not, my daughter started, like, bouncing. Are you serious? To the beat. My my daughter has really good rhythm. There you go. For, nice. for being almost one year old. Um, but I was just like, holy shit. <laughs> she gets down She's on, like, it. heavy King Gizzard stuff. She gets down on Kendrick. The other day I put, um, fuck, you remember Alice DJ? Yeah. Better off alone. Yeah. I put that on. I lie to you not. She starts like singing. <laughs> are you serious? Yes. <laughs> wow. The jeans are strong, man. Dude, that's great. That's great. <laughs> the jeans are strong. Yeah. I know I'm going to have to like fight everything in my body when she's older to like not lead her down musical paths and just mm. be like, whatever you like, you can like. Sure. But well, check out this stuff. <laughs> yes. I understand you you like this, whatever it may be, but have you thought about this? <laughs> you know, I got to say, when it comes to music, I, I think I have no shame in shaping my kids. <laughs> you will like this. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what's good, and this is completely subjective, but it's good. <laughs> You get all your music recommendations from DJ Datto. <laughs> That's right. Because, <laughs> I mean, my, my dad did that. I mean, he didn't sit down and be like, hey, this is, you know, 
what you're listening to is crap. Like, he didn't do that. <laughs> even though, even though he probably this, wanted to, we're talking about like the, the heart of gangster. Rap and sure. Stuff like that, you know, ain't nothing but a G thing. Damn right. That's hilarious. But, uh, they, you know, they obviously didn't like that. I listened to that stuff, but they didn't stop me. But they also definitely introduced me to a lot of the, you know, good classical stuff and well, not classical, but the good, uh, I don't know, what would you call it? Like old, old school? <laughs> yeah. Is that the is that the boomer term you are looking for? I get. Yeah, I suppose. It is. The 90s were a long time ago. Yeah. But you know, it's cuz of my dad that I appreciate like the Bee Gees and Earth Wind and Fire and That's the, cool. you know, Police and stuff like that, you know. Yeah, growing up I basically listened to a lot of pop radio with my mom. So a lot of that's why, like you know, that Alice DJ, freaking, uh, you know, Gypsy Woman, by Crystal Waters. That song mm. is a bop. Um, <laughs> but she listened to a lot of Spanish music as well, which I never got down with. I'll never forget the first like single that I bought was mm. "Ushers My Way." Nice, and I put it on on the way home, and you know that song is like. I'm young and I want to fuck, basically. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, and my mom was like, "What is this?" <laughs> and I was like, "It's all it's it's hip." Yeah. Luckily, my, my uncle was all into gangster rap as well. Oh yeah. <laughs> so at least there was a little bit of like connection well, there. It wasn't like completely shocking because she was already hearing it from my uncle. <laughs> well, it's not that bad. <laughs> yeah, it's not the you know Snoop Dogg record. With uh, with like the female dog coming out of the doghouse, I forget, yeah. I forget which You're one like, that I, is. They're saying the same thing, but at least Usher says it nicely. That's right. <laughs> it's his way in a gentle way. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, what are we gonna have to deal with, like in the next musical generation, dude? I don't know, man. Like right now, it's it's very like like how did K-pop get so popular? How? How I don't know. How? Out of all know. the musical genres that we could have imported, I mean, I guess it is pop as fuck. It is. It's so super catchy. Super catchy. My sister's very much into K-pop. I, I was I was down with K-pop for a while. I respect it. It's not my bag, but I respect it. Yeah. I'll get down with some uh what is it, baby metal? I I've heard that before. And I, I, I almost don't want to look. Oh, bro, baby metal. Actually, don't ask me why I know this or how I know this, but I'm pretty sure it's because of TikTok. They recently released a song like ten days ago, mm. featuring Tom Morello of Rage Against the Machine. What? Yep. Listen to it. Holy, holy. This this Damn. is the culmination of music. <laughs> That's right. It sounds like if the promo music for the Wii got a metal <laughs> upgrade. It's so it's so funny because that instrument makes it sound like Indian. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. And, and like the the uh, what do you call it? The um, like the rhythm of her lyrics. Yeah, the melody of the singing. No, it is very much like that uh, Bollywood stuff. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's baby metal. It's so interesting. I know, right? Like, like did, did you, <laughs> when I was into K-pop, I mean, I was into K-pop for a little, a short while, and then, uh, and then I started to learn like what it was like for the for K-pop artists to be K-pop artists. Yeah, and I started to dislike it after that. What? Just like the machine? Yeah, the machine of K-pop. And, but I mean, we had the same thing here in the early two thousands. Our our pop machine, you know, in yeah, sync. Backstreet mm-hmm. Boys, same management company. Yeah. Christina Aguilera, Britney Spears, freaking uh, from Mickey Mouse to Pop Divas. Yeah. It's Ariana, up, too. Right? Ariana, too. And even in Mexico with uh, Menudo. Have you ever heard oh, of Menudo? Menudo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ricky <laughs> Dude, Martin, bro. I can't believe you brought out the Menudo. Ricky Martin, dog. And Menudo, wow. they, they switch out their members like when they hit like 18 or something. Oh, that's wild. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's true. The world is fucked up if you're a pop <laughs> artist. <laughs> that's why I play guitar. <laughs> it's a little less fucked up. A little bit. So I did get a recommendation from a listener. Oh. Asking about any funny stories from, let's call it <laughs> Tales from the Changing Table. And I figure now that you have a newborn. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of changing going around, you know? Oh, yeah. I will. I will say my daughter was born... At 9.51 p.m. Okay. By 1 a.m., she had pissed all over me. Because <laughs> that's just the kind of person she uh, is. That's You know, it, it took Callum a little while to get us. Yeah? A little while. He was he was pretty good about it up until pretty recently. <laughs> <laughs> now, now he's he wilding actually, out. He actually got me today. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Not having a boy, I feel like it must be so much harder dealing with a boy when it comes to it's, the changing uh, table. <laughs> so when we had Benji, we we thought we were so smart, right? We were like, hey, they have this little thing called the the PPTP. Have you seen this thing? No. What? It's a <laughs> it's a little What is it called? It, it, the the PPTP. It's literally a little like tent that you're supposed to put over is you know thing. Okay. Wow. I mean, you know so, it, it looks like those cones, uh like cone cups that they used to use for water dispensers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Upside down. So we like I think we got it when we were buying a whole bunch of stuff on Amazon, I think, and we just threw some in there. So I think it arrives. We're like, all right, let's see it. Let's see how this thing works. So we break it out. Put it on there. Of course, he's not going to stay still. 
So, the, so I'm like, this this fucking thing is useless. <laughs> it's just it's just collecting it for a, you. A second later, it just falls right off. Like why why? So really, it's just, do you have it handy to get it fast? You know, to cover fast enough after the initial after the initial burst damage has been done. Yeah, sure. That's the real that's the real thing. Wow. But here's my real story. So just the other day, I'm changing Callum. Right, he's uh, two months now, and uh, you know, breastfed. So he's he's got those kind of poops going on. Sure. And I'm, you 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 know, like when they start doing their thing, when they do the grunts, when they give you the face, like okay, it's happening, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you some time. We're going to let this marinate. I'm going to give you some time because I know. If I go there and do this too fast, you're going to get me. Yes. Right? The we window you, the window is You learn this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there is a delay on the yeah. window. Yeah, it's like don't don't change him too quick. So I give him plenty of time. Go to the changing table, do my thing. We do the do you do the two diaper approach? We what? used to not do the two diaper now. What is the, the two diaper approach? So it, it's putting a new diaper under the dirty one. Interesting. While you're changing them so that when you extract the dirty diaper, right, if the child were to go again, you have a re- another diaper ready. Wow. So then you you don't have that frantic, like, all right. Panic. <laughs> you, there's that moment where there's absolutely nothing there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and you're like, how fast can we put on the new diaper? <laughs> Or you challenge fate. And, and we, I mean, I hadn't seen this until we saw our friends do it in Alaska. We're like, oh, that's so smart. <laughs> Why don't we do it like that? So there you go. The, the two diaper. The two approach. diaper There's approach. probably a name for it, honestly. I don't know. It, it, it's called the two diaper approach. The two diaper. There's a name now. And yeah, yeah. Uh, so I did that, right? We got the diaper underneath, cleaning them up. And I'm ready, you know, every once in a while, we'll... Right after he drops a number two, we'll just wash his butt up, right? Just yeah. to, you know, just so it doesn't bother him. So Francis is in the bathroom getting the water ready. I'm cleaning him up and I've already gone through two wipes here. Okay. I try to go three wipe max. Sure. Do, do you do I this? actually, I actually do have a three wipe max three, as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. That shit is expensive. It, yeah. Is it a guy thing? I don't like, know. Maybe. Wipe as much as possible. <laughs> Well, we were also first-time parents, so at the beginning, it was multiple wipe, and I, I was like, no. Yeah, you did like I, one, wipe, I, one wipe, put it down. I am personally <laughs> going through this way too quickly. <laughs> yeah, so it's, I try to stick to the three wipe max. I get to the third wipe. He's he's, a, he's, he's clean, right? I'm, 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 I'm a veteran here. Yeah. You know, I, I've done the, I've done this. My my skill level in this tree, which we'll, which we'll get to, <laughs> is pretty high. I'm halfway up the last wipe, and he gives me a grunt, right? I'm like, oh, God, it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, don't do this. So he gives me the grunt, and he stares me in the face, and a whole nother, like, bout of this is 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 coming out right <laughs> why do they always look at you in the face oh oh i'm telling you they know they know 
Because Thea does the same thing, dude. She will stare you down <laughs> and not blink. So he's it's it's just it's coming out, and I'm like, well, I have nothing. There's nothing else I can do, right? So my hand was already there, and I'm just <laughs> playing I'm catch. Trying to, I'm trying to catch this as best <laughs> as I can. Try to play catch, and I'm like, he's going right now. Oh my god! I need some help, right? Like. I mean, I had a diaper there. I could have let it go. Yeah. I could have. But you chose no, not to. I chose to save the diaper. <laughs> hey. At my own expense. Honestly, brave man. So I'm catching it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Barehanded. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. First time I've ever had to actually do that. It's because we love our children, Chris. On the changing table. We love our children. And here's the document for later in life so you can show your son. <laughs> Look at what I did for so you. What I did for you. <laughs> Look at what you did to caught, me. Caught your shit. That's right. With my bare hands. I've been catching your shit since birth, son. <laughs> That's hilarious. Go back to episode two. <laughs> we'll be on like episode 500. <laughs> I know. Wow. Yeah, I mean, Thea... Thea's pretty good about it now. I don't have any crazy stories. You know, Stephanie probably has a lot more crazy stories, and our our moms probably have more crazy stories. <laughs> I got another one. I usually come in um, like round two of things. Okay, okay. But, I mean, for a while, Theo was just like, her diaper was wet, and we would clean it, we would clean her, and the minute we put on another diaper, like two minutes go by, and then she completely number twos it. <laughs> it's like she needed to be clean oh, in yeah. order to go. To do the business. And recently what's happened within the past like two, maybe three weeks, is that she will actually say poop. Oh, which is a brand new development. It happened, I think it happened to me first, but I might be wrong. I was changing her wet diaper and she got really calm and like looked mm -hmm. up at me and she was mm -hmm. like, poop. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's a, that's a new word. She was like, poop. And I was like, wow. <laughs> and and I, was, I was about to be like, hey, Steph. And then it starts. <laughs> It starts. The diaper, I had the diaper under her, but it wasn't closed. Mm. Um, risky situation. It was a risky situation. And did it pay off? Nah. <laughs> Slightly, I suppose. There was, was a moment, man. It's just. <laughs> it's just. I'm just it's thankful that it was a, you know, the right tempo. It was a measured approach to her release. That I could catch it all wow. and deal with it. Okay. okay. Um, but damn if it doesn't get it not wait. Damn if it doesn't <laughs> not get easier. That makes sense. <laughs> because, <laughs> we love double negatives. Yes, that's right. That's how I live my life, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Double doesn't negative not, at a time. I thought I was wondering if you actually went triple. That's no, just two. Oh God. <laughs> But yeah, so I, I am lucky in that. I'm sure my time will come when I, because I, I'm sure Stephanie has had to, I'm pretty sure she has told me she has had to hand scoop it, you know, pull a, 
pull the yeah. catcher's mitt out and deal with that. Babies be crazy, bro. They do, man. And no one tells I, you about the the black number two. Oh, the yeah. The what tar. is it called? <laughs> the uh, the Billy Rubens. Yeah. And no one tells you about that. No. No, they don't. You know, I don't know if I don't know if everyone actually goes through that, honestly. Because it's a I mean actually no, no, they probably do. I think they have to. Yeah. Yeah, they probably do. Probably the length of time varies, but because not everyone goes through like the uh what do you call it? Oh my gosh. When the I can't believe I'm forgetting what it's called. When they're like yellow it's okay. skins. It's okay. It's two thirty in the morning. And uh Oh, jaundice? Yes, yeah, jaundice. Yeah. Not because not everyone goes through the jaundice situation. Did you have but, to deal with jaundice? It was it was pretty bad with with Io and Benji. Callum actually did did a great job shitting that stuff out. Nice. So we did not have to deal with it nice. with him for too much. He, he was kind of working through it on his own. Yeah. But our first first two kids, they had to do the UV bath and everything, which was just oh man, it was rough. I bet you hate you hate to see your kid go through that like right after birth. You know. Yeah, Thea had it a little bit at birth, but she worked it out internally nice yeah we were very thankful the black poops it's black poops there's a lot of stuff they just don't tell you <laughs> they don't they don't see i'm telling you they don't tell you that <laughs> they don't tell you the feeling of pride when your child's poop becomes more solid oh yeah that's <laughs> like a whole that's are, a whole turning point <laughs> we are evolving here ladies and gentlemen no more it, liquid it, diets you, you go through the different Shades of poop and and all that. It's a thing. Yeah. We've been super blessed that we, knock on wood, have not dealt with any constipation mm. or colic. I think maybe we dealt with a very brief colicky baby, but no okay. constipation. Constipation is a... Uh, I hear yeah, it's when a you, When you have to counteract the constipation. <laughs> oh, I've, I've, I've seen it. I've it's, seen it. Uh, that one's tough because if it goes the way it's supposed to, that changing table, well, wherever you do it, <laughs> that biohazard area. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You better be ready. You need a full suit. <laughs> Dude, so one time, right? So we uh, we like to wash up the, the kids after they do the number two. Yeah. So one time, this was back when we were in the apartment, Benji had gone. And I was, you know, holding him over the sink, giving him a wash, and he just straight up like shat in my hand. Wow. So I have, <laughs> and you know, like I, in the moment, you know, the logical thing to do, right, is to just pitch that thing into the toilet. Yeah. No, I, I threw it in the trash can. Sure. Like, I mean, dad brain. Yeah. I was like, yeah, this is the smart thing to do. <laughs> I mean, just, uh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> just threw it in. I'm like, why didn't I throw it into the toilet? Yeah. It all goes out the window. But so I, you know, I've been catching shit for for years now. You know what scared the shit out of me is that Thea got into the habit of like pooping like early in the morning, which is great. But when we had <laughs> first thing, when we had um, swim class, oh no! I, I specifically remember one day she hadn't really gone the day before. I'm sure she was holding it till the morning to do her, you know, early morning explosion. Thing is, it didn't happen 
by the time we were about to leave for swim mm. class. Mm-hmm. And there is nothing worse I can think of than the image of me <laughs> being in a pool with my child and there being watery shit everywhere. <laughs> I don't it's your know. Fault they shut down the pool. <laughs> I don't know that I could think of a worse fear. Not because I would be grossed out, but because of the shame, Chris. Oh, I get it, man. That that is that is one of the primal fears of a parent. Man, it's taking your kid to because the, they always want to go to the pool. They love the water. Yeah, but when they got those swim diapers, I'm like, what are we supposed to do if they take a shit? Yeah, what do you do? You. Exactly. <laughs> and there was a minute where she let some gas out and I literally saw a bubble and I was like, this is the end. <laughs> no. I was like, did you like, I was just ready. I was ready to lift her up like some championship cup <laughs> and just walk out of the pool. Yeah. But I, I played the odds and luckily wow, it didn't, it didn't turn gamble. out. Yeah. It wasn't a pretty sight once she got back home, but that's fine. Hey, I as can long do. as it wasn't in the pool. As long as it wasn't in the pool, because I'm not going to be that guy. <laughs> it's your fault. <laughs> like, oh, they're back. They're exactly. Back. No one wants to be friends with the poopy kid. We had, um, we were out shopping once. This is Ohio. I got a story for each kid. <laughs> <laughs> That's appropriate. It's appropriate. <laughs> we were out with Ayo shopping. She's in a stroller, right? She's probably. I mean, she's probably two, I think, at this point, because I don't think we had Benji yet. So, yeah, she's probably two. And uh, I wasn't there with them, but uh, so she's with Francis shopping around. And apparently she had, she had gone to the back, you know, she dropped the number two in the stroller. And it had sort of, I guess the way she was sitting it had kind of squeezed out. Oh goodness! And so she, <laughs> she had one leg up on the side of the stroller, and and this is this is not like baby baby stroller, right? This is an older kid stroller situation. Yeah. So she's got one leg hanging out, and we're like, "Why are you riding like that?" You know, she's she riding just, dirty. Yeah, so she was just being cool. <laughs> nope, she was uh, making room, right, <laughs> for it to come out, and then oh, and then she funny. went. And was like, oh, what is this? And got her finger oh, and just no. like dug up in there. And the next <laughs> the next thing we know, we turn around and we're like, okay, you, you have that moment. Where it's like, I need to piece together what's happening really fast. Yes. <laughs> this <laughs> is an emergency situation. Yeah, we're like, what is that on your finger? And then it's like, oh, God, it's shit. It's like, oh, why are you bringing it to your face? Oh, it's like, my oh, it's, God. It's like, no, no. <laughs> So we're we're like panicking in the store. <laughs> so we, we got to go and take her out. And I'm like, I don't even know if we've got other clothes for her. And her, her, you know, she's got shit on the finger. And it's funny because Frances has her own like finger shit story <laughs> from when she was a kid. <laughs> so, so this is so just, just following up. This is generational. It's bound to happen. Wow. <laughs> that th- Those moments where it's like, what is the realization comes to you. And yeah. It's like, oh God. <laughs> this is what they talk about when they say that parents always pass on generational trauma to their children. Yeah. It's hap- it's coming back full circle. 
Well, I'm glad I have a lot to look forward to. Always bring extra clothes, dude. Oh, no. Yeah, we've learned that lesson. <laughs> we've definitely learned that lesson. Always bring the extra clothes. We need to, like, I'm sure eventually. Didn't you say, like, you guys have a a system for needing to go to the bathroom, like, during tra- long travel? Yeah, the potty, the, the kids' potty. So it's just like a mobile potty? I mean, it, it's like a training potty, mm. pretty much. But you keep it in the car. Just in case. I mean, we, I mean, we have we have uh, stuff for bigger people too. Although we didn't go all the all out and buy everything for that. Like the potty's tiny, but it's usable <laughs> by, by by smaller adults <laughs> with works. those of lesser bladders. Yeah, yeah. Nice. But, uh, just make sure you empty them out because I recently forgot to do that. How w- with everything that was going on. How well, I, you know, well, they do the uh, business. Yeah. I hit it with a double bag. Yeah. Right. Closed the back up, covered it. Totally forgot it was there. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I mean, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on in this brain. Absolutely. I feel that. Yeah. The shit in the potty is not one of them. <laughs> so we, we had to throw that one out. <laughs> but yeah, we, we, we bring that around. We, cause you never know when the kids got to go. It's been a lifesaver several times, dude. I mean, honestly, to me, that sounds like top-tier parenting, right? Because I'm sure that has happened because of previous experience. And now that you've told me that, I don't have to have that experience. That's right. And you, the listener... you from the shame. (laughs) You, the listener, also don't need to. But uh, maybe you guys have... You know, changing table stories, poop stories of your children. Feel free to share it with us. We would love to hear it. But I think that's going to do it for today's Midnight Connection. Yeah. Uh, We appreciate you guys sticking with us. As I always say, we are a growing and developing podcast. We love doing this, but we can't do it without your guys' support. So please follow, subscribe on the platform of your choice, rate if you can. And even if you tell one other person about these two babbling fathers that they might enjoy, it would be appreciated from us. Very much so. You guys can follow us on social media at the Midnight Connection Pod. And if you have any questions discussion topics or just general comments you can email us at the midnight connection pod at gmail.com any last words chris no just um you know check us out on patreon.com slash samurai beat which is our parent company uh the midnight connection is one of the shows that we do and as we've alluded to from time to time we are working on another show which is very nerdy uh, that revolves around tabletop role-playing games. So more to come there, too. That's right. And I'm sure that's a topic that we have to discuss, too, because we always talk about video games, but not board or tabletop games. Well, cue it up. I know. Who knows? Maybe next episode. But thank you guys for joining us at midnight. This has been the Midnight Connection, and we will see you next time.
Thanks for tuning in to the Midnight Connection. The Midnight Connection is a product and trademark of Samurai Beat LLC, which is a fan-funded organization made for you and made possible by you at patreon.com slash samurai beat. Support us there and join the conversation by submitting your questions, comments, and topics for future shows. We seek to entertain and build a community of adulting gamers like you, and we appreciate your support, your confidence, and your inspiration. Thank you.